Welcome to Virtual Expat, where we investigate the interplay between living overseas and living online. What happens to our online presence, our online persona, when we change countries? Does anything happen? Does one support the other? Does one conflict with the other? I don't know, but I wanted to find out, so I'm going to interview a lot of expats in order to get to the heart of this question. Is there interplay between our online selves and our geographically mm, varied self? This is such a special podcast for me. I taught Ong in a private language school in Hanoi, Vietnam about 10 years ago, just before I got married, just before I moved outside of Vietnam to start a completely new life and move to a different country and all those kinds of things. And if I remember correctly, she was just about to leave to go finish her undergraduate degree in the US. And I feel like we were both on the precipice of something really, really, really big. And fast forward 10 years and being able to talk to Ong and through the, the premise of her onlineness and her, her expatness and all of that and see her life through that viewpoint in English after all of these years from that language classroom to a full-on conversation where there was, I think, one moment where I said, eh, because the technology copped out, not because her language skills were so bad. So it's just, it's, it makes me so happy to see how far she's come, how much she has done, and how many opportunities she has seized. I know this sounds cheesy. We're both adults, and I shouldn't have this this crazy mama pride moment, but I, I do. And I, I'm sorry, Ang, but I got to say it. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so excited on the person that you've, you've become and the things that you're going to do in the future. Let's get started because Ang can definitely tell you herself what has happened throughout the years online and off. Thank you, Ang, for joining us today on Virtual Expat. Can you give a brief overview of who you are? <laughs> Dev, thanks for having me today. My name is Eng. I am from Hanoi, Vietnam. And uh, 10 years ago, I was a student at a language learning center in Vietnam, in Hanoi, Vietnam. And um, then I moved to the state to study abroad, uh, undergraduate degree in fine art, and then uh, a master's degree in fine art as well. And then I worked for a little bit of time here as well. And now I'm here in New York City. Uh, working as a teacher. Oh, you're teaching right now? Yes, I am. Oh, no. <laughs> That's how I work like. I understand how you feel. <laughs> Dear listeners, but just before the conversation, we were talking about how I burnt out on teaching, and <laughs> uh, it takes a long time to get to burnout, so don't worry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm actually doing okay with teaching, yeah. but I... Like, I actually have taught in the various settings, position, mm-hmm. and so I, I understand the amount of work put in and the expectations and the pay and, and just a lot of struggles surrounding what teachers should or shouldn't do. For sure, for sure. And are you teaching, like, a hands-on arts class or, like, a history of arts class, or what are you teaching? I'm teaching basically any kind of art, making for middle school and high school kids at a in Manhattan. Um, wow. Yeah, the, the model is one-on-one, so I only have one student per class. Oh, that's nice. I know. It's very nice on the student. It's very nice on me, too. It, it can be actually very challenging. Because uh-huh. sometimes the model can be a little bit uh, uncomfortable to deal with if the students 
doesn't um, respond to listen or things like that. But so far, it's going great. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Yeah. Especially, I I started studying art um, like seriously when I after I moved here in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. Especially college level. And so that kind of foundation was never a thing in Vietnam. As you kind of know, the public education system there, it's kind of restricted on system education. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into your online life, shall we? <laughs> so when you, before you moved to the U.S., what did you do online, whether it be on a computer or on your mobile phone? What what kind of things did you do in Vietnam? Um, I remember my friend told me about Facebook. And actually, I remember she actually set up my Facebook account for me. We were just kids. And she, we were just like, okay, this is kind of like a trendy, fun thing to do. And so we just took it as if it was like a, like a, like a fun game to to kind of get to know and which really is super you know easy it wasn't anything, anything like that just like mm-hmm. a like a hop like an activity to do outside of school and i think i i used facebook for almost a year before abroad. and you moved to the u.s was it 2009 yes how'd you know that oh i did i did research girl <laughs> <laughs> There is some organization to my madness. <laughs> that and that's also the year that I left Vietnam. So I kind of put two and two together. <laughs> so, okay. So about 2008, you were on Facebook. Were there any that were, that you were using in Vietnamese? Yeah. Uh, well, Yahoo Messenger was like the thing. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> Old um, school. Yeah. yeah. I was on that platform all the time to chat with my friends um, in Vietnam and also when I was in America within the first, like, two years, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. And was that just for keeping up with friends, for meeting new people, for groups? What what kind of... No, it was just to chat with old friends. Yeah. I mean, old, I mean, like, my friend. Mm -hmm. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, it was it was a, a friendly platform that, that back in the day like all high school students used. So yeah, using it as I move in the US. But then things This is bringing back serious memories. My first, the first place I no seriously, I was on Yahoo. I was a Yahoo girl for a long time until um, I don't even remember why I stopped. I think Gmail was faster in getting emails. Um, but I was on Messenger. I used Yahoo Music all the time. When I was in internet cafes in Taiwan, I'd have like Yahoo Music on in the background. It was like pre-YouTube. So I just had like their streaming music on in the background and I'd hear all this new music from Yahoo. And no, I had so many. So what happened to Yahoo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, they're still around, but they're not, they're not at the forefront anymore. So interesting. Okay. And then when you moved to the U.S., did you keep going with Facebook and Yahoo Messenger? Or I did. Um, a few of my close friends were on were using Yahoo a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Messenger, the chat platform. Mm-hmm. So I used that a lot to chat with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I stopped using it uh, for just some personal 
um, reasons. Um, mm. And then, yeah, I, I have been using Facebook sort of nonstop. I was in, with the exception of a few times, I sort of deleted it. For yeah. Reasons that we, I'm sure we will continue. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm going to ask, why did you delete Facebook? <laughs> Is that like a like a question right now, or is it going to? Be- yeah, sure. Let's go. <laughs> I I think I was um, actually dealing with social media is still um, a puzzle for me to understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I I truly think that for now that our generation we need to have a clear reason to be honest to ourselves why we use specific type of social media mm-hmm. like are we trying to love ourselves more by using mm-hmm. social media if that's the question that if, if that is is the reason i for me that's i can't use facebook or instagram or whatever because that's right. just gonna work on me right um, and so it's just growing up uh, being by myself in the states and dealing with living abroad um mm-hmm. keeping friendship and connections um, from abroad um, mm-hmm. and growing up too just seeing from a, from a teenager to a young adult and mm-hmm. trying to figure out college major and directions and path it was just mm-hmm. a lot of, of con- con- confusion together yeah. and it just messed me up <laughs> you know I it just felt like my self-esteem or uh, my personal emotional well-being was in yeah. the right place and I felt like Facebook or just social media in general was not helping and actually was doing the exact opposite mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was a distraction for, for me to focus on college um, yeah. in China yeah and so I need to focus and just like have, have clear space for, for myself mm-hmm. um, which is personal well-being. So I deleted Facebook a few times. Yeah. Uh, and I felt really great. Yeah. But then, I, yeah, yeah. But then I missed yeah. uh, my friends. You know, a lot of my friends actually reached out to me via email. And, mm-hmm. write, and we were writing each other letters, you know, mm-hmm. just to tell each other how things were going um, in our lives. And then at some point, I'm like, okay, I think um, – I'm good now. I'm ready to get back on social mm-hmm. media. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so when you went off Facebook, did you go off Facebook or off of all social media at the same time? Oh, just Facebook. I just guess by social media, I'm just saying like Facebook. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and how long did you stay off most times that you deleted it? Most time, I think I were gone for maybe... I can't remember, but I want to guess three months. Okay. Uh, four months. Yeah. 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 And two college students, that's a long time, to be honest. It is. It is a long time. I tell you, I, I have such a struggle with Facebook. I've been off of Facebook for, oh my God, years. I don't even remember. I think it's eight, seven or eight years. Because I was a lot older when Facebook came out. So it wasn't so much that it was interrupting me my identity my life or anything but it was there were weird friendships happening like people I hadn't talked to for 20 years found me on Facebook and I hadn't we hadn't reached out we hadn't written letters or emails or anything for that long and all of a sudden I knew everything they were doing every day 
And it felt like we were skipping over getting to know each other again. And it was this weird, quick intimacy. And with people I just met, they'd become my Facebook friend. And again, suddenly I would know everything about them all at once. And it just, it felt weird to me. And I didn't want to say, no, I won't be your Facebook friend because I did want to keep in contact with them. But I also wanted, maybe I'm too traditional, but I wanted to kind of get to know them in layers. And that was not happening. <laughs> it was like everything all at once. Yeah. Uh, just being in, I mean, I'm skipping over a lot of things. And I, I, I was just kind of strange. It's just better information. But just being in the subway train in New York City, yeah. it's scary to realize everybody's on their phone yeah. yeah it's wow wow we really are talking to each other via phone well okay to be fair before mobile phones and and smartphones and that kind of thing people weren't really talking to each other on the subway either oh they weren't I was, like, no. I said, was no no I mean it's like public transit they're all strangers you're tired like in the morning if you're going to work you're tired you just want to get there I mean yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's, it's that so much, but I think there's, I think we're s sort of in this new stage of technology that we're, we're kind of just doing everything and then we're going to maybe pull back a little bit and make more choices. I don't know. Yeah. I was just like other activities that can keep us away from checking on each other's new things or checking if how many likes we get in a post. Yeah. yeah. It can definitely, definitely distract us. That balance of online and offline life is really tricky. Really. Yeah, it's very important. Fast forward, what do you use now in social media? I use Facebook and LinkedIn, which mm -hmm. I, I barely use LinkedIn. I'm yeah. Also, I, I, like, I actually, for LinkedIn, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to kind of figure out uh, my career moves. Mm -hmm. uh, Sort of prepare my LinkedIn profile toward that goal. Sure, sure, sure. So sure. I haven't put much effort into um, polishing my LinkedIn profile, actually, fully utilizing it to the full extent they can give. Um, sure. I have used it for work application and stuff like that, but not like to the full extent. Uh, I use Facebook. I yeah. have Instagram, mm -hmm. but I refuse to post anything on Instagram. Why? <laughs> no, I've been for a few years. I'm like, so you said you're kind of traditional. I think I am too. Um, and uh, as an artist, uh, I guess I'm just kind of hypersensitive about about mm. things. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I'm on Instagram because I want to know what my friends are up to. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I say that because it was like a thing that people do. So like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to an account and I got all kind of followed and stuff like that and I see my friend posting but then as I reflect on my usage of Facebook mm -hmm. and some of the bad habits that come from that which is like sometimes I'm, I'm always on Facebook or yeah. sometimes I not sometimes oftentimes I realize that I check for likes or I check for positive comments yeah. support comments stuff like that that um, I don't want to to be more distracted by by that kind of mentality from another platforms of Instagram. Right, right. I refuse to to do that. But however, I know that <laughs> social media is a great tool for artists um, to promote their work. Um, yeah. so 
hopefully in the future I um, I will make use of ins- my of my Instagram account for my my art. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Instagram has by default turned into the main thing that I use right now, mostly because I think there's something happening with my internet in China because I I used to use Twitter mostly and I kept getting locked out. Like once a month, Twitter would send me an email saying, hey, you're locked out. You have to do all of these steps to get back in. And I was like, "Eh." so I've kind of switched over to Instagram, but I don't have Facebook. So it's mostly I, I check Instagram and I'm done. I have Instagram, I have email, and then I have people in real life. Like I definitely don't want a million different platforms to have to check and to look at things because I think it can be distracting. I think it can be very connecting to find people globally doing similar things. But again, that that balance between connecting with new people and maintaining the relationships you have. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's hard. That's really hard. Are you still connected to a lot of folks back in Vietnam via yes. social media? Yeah, I am. Um... Most of my friends that I have, um, we still friend on Facebook, mm-hmm. and, and these days, you know, on Facebook, like actually, you know, because you have a good Facebook. Also on Instagram, so we kind of know, like, just even liking somebody's post shows that you care, mm-hmm. you support them. Yeah, and so I try to do that to people who who I'm close with. I'm friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. send a message and, and ask, "Hey, how's it going?" I know we've been talking to each other for like two years, but how are you doing? I know mm-hmm. you're very busy, so don't worry about responding to me if you have time. But just know that I've thought about you and I hope everything is good, whatever. So and so, yeah, still trying to make that effort um, here and there when I actually remember um, to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, we have to talk about your art because you've got an amazing website with some pretty stunning artwork there. So can you kind of describe what you do? Um, what I do now, what I, what I, what I have been doing, because I've been doing all kinds of different things. Oh, <laughs> holy cow. Okay. Well, if we go by your, your online life, let's see. Okay. So I've got, I'm looking at your website over here. We're here. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we've got current works, 2012 to 2015. Okay, so is there kind of a chronology of your artwork? Like, a, does it, are there ways we can summarize what you've done and what we can see on the website? Um, so I have made art since 2009, hmm. from school year and then college. But mm-hmm. for like professional artist profile. Mm-hmm. Um, online, like our mm-hmm. present online, we want to put our best work online. Like sure, sure, sure. Most of the time, like our early works are just terrible. <laughs> so I don't think that's the right word to, to describe any artwork to begin with. But like, just to be brief, I don't feel confident in my early works, though I did put my best in in in, in every of, of the pieces that I have created. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I just kind of curated the the ones that I think are relevant or that are somewhat a accurate representation of of my craft mm-hmm. um, and my level of maturity in in art making on my website. Mm-hmm. So even though the the website say let's say the section of twenty uh, twelve to twenty fifteen, I created more than that, more than the amount of work 
Also, there it's just a few out of the body. But what can I post online? Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Um, so, how would you describe the work that you're doing now? So now I I've grown interest on a personal level and also um, more like a research kind of level is mm-hmm. uh, the idea of making and the domesticity and. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly from my own personal experience of growing mm-hmm. up in my, in my family household in, in Hanoi. And that's a personal. And then also the, on the research level, then I, I also look back into the archives um, of memories, um, photographs, cinematic footages, mm-hmm. um, and the tradition of culinary um, especially in my household to create my work um, yeah. and also to um, generally contemplate on, on the role of a woman within mm-hmm. the city. Yeah, and so I, I create 2D fine art prints, some paintings, a lot of sculptures. And mm-hmm. Actually, I, I call them 3D structure instead of, instead of sculpture because uh, I don't think of them as like a functional object in space. Mm-hmm. Or like change how you use. Actually, I do. But anyhow, sorry, I'm I'm mumbling. Um, yeah, I call them. Also, I I call them structures um, instead of sculptures. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, and alongside of structure, there's also installation uh, mm-hmm. where I I mix a lot of mediums together from like projections. I use a projection lightings, um, cutout paper, fabric, um, found materials, and prints. Yeah, all together to sort of investigate on um, the idea of homemaking or, yeah, the home, the domesticity. Hey, expats and geopaths, what do you do with the annoying paper mail that you get to your old addresses in your home country? For a few years, I'd have all of my mail forwarded to one friend, and then I'd feel guilty for bothering them so much. So then I'd have a family member. deal with my mail and so on and so forth. And I did this for about like, what, 12, 13 years. And it got annoying. And let's face it, I miss some mail because people have better things to do than look after my paper correspondence. So I finally broke down and got a service from traveling mailboxes. They will literally receive your mail. You get a U.S. address. You get to pick the city that it's in and you receive mail and they'll let you know when mail comes in. They'll open it, scan it for you so you can read it. If you really need to, they'll forward it to you for a fee. You can also get packages delivered as well. And so there's like a variety of different services that you can have where you don't have to keep bugging your friends and family to deal with your paper mail. So if you go to stephfuccio.weebly.com, it's S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O dot Weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. If you go to the bottom, you'll see the blue ad on the right, Traveling Mailbox. Click on that. I am now an affiliate program with them, so if you join their services, we both end up very, very happy campers, and you never have to ask your friends or family to receive your mail again. It's truly a beautiful thing. I'm looking at your website right now, and there's one called Snowflower. Oh, yeah, that was an old book. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what was the inspiration for that? Because the transformation, for the listeners, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes, but generally it, it looks like it's a woman that was part tree and then she morphs into a quote-unquote normal woman because there's two versions of, I think, the same woman. So 
Yeah, so that, um, so I must apologize that I don't remember all the concepts going to that piece. Of course, of course, yeah. Time ago. But uh, I know that, I remember the general inspiration for that work is mm-hmm. uh, my, so that woman in, in that in that work is actually my friend. Her name is Mandy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the piece is inspired by the story of uh, and her grandpa and, uh, and the bird um, in the story. And so, yeah, it, it was inspired. Oh, yeah, there, there's a bird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> and her connection with that um, chickadee and um, in the wintertime mm-hmm. in the Midwest, um, her grandpa. And actually, I guess I was trying to kind of get some kind of connection with viewer on a personal, on a I guess genuine and real mm-hmm. with a with a with a viewer and by actually conveying the story in my work. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't create the work to sell. I just want to create a piece of art based on my friend's um, very touching story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that. So why did you choose to put your work? Because these are these are physical paintings and installations and things. So why did you choose to put them on a website online? Um, by having a website of your works, um, I can I can include it in my resume and my just any job application mm-hmm. or or proposal for for a gallery show exhibition mm-hmm. any like artistic professional opportunities mm-hmm. would ask for a link of the portfolio and sure. have it possible clean um nicely neat done website it's mm-hmm. so crucial um, and not also nowadays people use instagram um instead because it reach you know wider audience a lot of likes stuff like that however i i still think that Having a website is like one of the most professional things mm-hmm. that you could have for yourself as an artist. So, yeah. No, that's a really, that's an interesting point. So you're saying that some people use Instagram as their portfolio site now? Oh, yeah. 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 Whoa. That's yeah. kind of crazy. When did, when did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. People could, maybe some people skills like, oh I don't I, I'm lazy to build a website or I don't have yeah. time yet, or it's too much money it's too much hassle and I can just upload photos on Instagram yeah. and I just like hashtag galleries or magazines or yeah. just like personal workplace that would uh, recognize my work and maybe will get back mm-hmm. to me something like that yeah social media has changed the game for artists um especially yeah. Instagram I think can get you can connect with a lot of people on Instagram if your work is good. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. So, do you think like galleries and stuff would look? They do you think they see a difference between if somebody gives them an Instagram feed versus gives them a portfolio set like what you have? Do you think they prefer one or the other? Um, I that's a hard question because I don't use Instagram to promote my artwork yet. Sure. I know I did, I haven't yet, but I know I should. One thing that I can give you, though, for sure, is that it's always about the work. Mm-hmm. If the work is good, people mm-hmm. will come find you. And that's that's how it is with the art world. Um, mm-hmm. You don't come to the Met or MoMA mm-hmm. and tell them to give you opportunities. They'll come find you if, you're, if, if you are good. And sure. so I think if the work is good, whether or not it's on, Inst- they're on Instagram, on, on, on a website, it doesn't matter. 
Um, sure, 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 sure. With some audience, for sure. If I mean, I'm sure you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. attending social events, um, gallery exhibitions, yeah, stuff like that. That's super interesting. Wow. Big fan of the things that have changed on Instagram. They have live streams and videos and all kinds of things now that I didn't realize it because I remember it when it was just a photo, not even two or three photos together, but a photo. And it was just a stream of people posting one photo. And I just, I'm blown away that it's used for professional purposes now. I'm just blown away. Um, so have you received any feedback from random people that find your website and like your art and and that kind of thing? Yes, I have not so much now, uh, but uh, a few years back, I have um, Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And actually the, the reason why I reached out to me because they found me on some sort of exhibitions. Mm-hmm. Um, for exhibitions, usually the gallery like would post information about you online, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Work, about artists, about the, the artist's website online, who would click on it and then see my work and then they would contact me um, via the contact page. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't I, people just like, stumble upon my website um, yeah. accident at all it was always um via <coughs> on the third or neutral platform of some sort sure 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 so it sounds like I and mean, it sounds like you're very careful about your online presence that you use your website and and linkedin maybe for your professional purposes and then you've got like facebook and maybe email for your personal uh, connections and relationships does that sound Right. Yeah, yeah. I post my work on Facebook sometimes, mm-hmm. and I receive a lot of support from my friends, mm-hmm. um, people who I have a like, real connection with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm very careful with my online presence because yeah. I my my emotional personal well being um, is the most important thing, um, mm-hmm. and then and then also how I come across professionally mm-hmm. online important to me at this point in my life and then I just want to get rid of distractions as much as I can sure yeah no that's that's super insightful like I remember I'm really gonna date myself here but back in uh junior high school like what so what was I 12 13 years old I remember taking full-on typing classes like we didn't have computers in the classroom yet we had typewriters and we would take typing classes oh yeah full for sure I didn't have computers in my school's classrooms or even just in the school until university for me. Like that's, that's how old I am. <laughs> so I'm wondering now with, with social media and the internet being such a huge part of our lives, if we're going to start, always a teacher in my brain, right? I'm thinking, are we going to start having kind of like social media classes, like how to be a responsible digital citizen, or are we going to have like how to project yourself and what to post and not post and, and all those kinds of things. Like, I wonder if we'll start to do that eventually. That is a great topic. Right. Yeah. Because I have a younger sister and she's 10 years younger than me. She's Mm -hmm. in Vietnam. She's in her last year, final year of high school. Mm -hmm. I hope she's not listening to this. (laughs) 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 I don't think she knows what she's doing on her social media pages. Yes. And yes. 
she's not helping herself in any yeah. way to grow besides probably just hang out with friends in yeah. another platforms. Sure. And I actually, I would love for her or, or just younger kids like that to like her to actually know properly how to use social media mm-hmm. to to keep yourself safe. Yeah. That's a priority. And then also to actually learn something. And yeah. we're going to have fun too. I'm sure there's a lot of fun and joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, I, I am so grateful that all of this came uh, to fruition after my 20s <laughs> because I would have been one of those teenagers to go, <gasps> after like 10 years after, like all the stuff I would have put online as a teenager. I would have been irresponsible and just had fun and and posted stuff that really would have came to bite me in the ass. I would have been that person. So I'm kind of grateful I didn't have that opportunity. But now I'm wondering how how do we how do we do that for the next generation? Because there are uh, even even people my age and a little bit younger are still sometimes posting things when they go on vacation and just things that aren't really good to put for because people you know employers google you they looked at your social media and there's just things that you don't want people to see and i just yeah i think there's a lot of opportunity online there's a lot of really cool things that can happen but i think we need to be a little more cautious and i think it's happening but you know forever the teacher i want (laughs) i'm wondering how we can kind of speed people up and and being aware of that yeah a lot of I mean, people can just can just um, lie about their age when they set up their Facebook or social media account, and for some reason, you have access to all these distributions of informations that are not appropriate to your age. Yeah, or not all to begin with. Um, yeah, and a lot of this thing I worry about when I think about. For sure, for sure, for sure. Well, then. I'm a huge fan of technology, so I don't want to spend too much time on the cautious part. (laughs) So what kind of, when you were back in Vietnam, did you frequent any websites either for reading stuff, entertainment, or anything like that? I I use use Zing, which is like a a music um, slash news platform in Vietnam. Um, Mm -hmm. That was, I don't actually, I I don't remember what else. I'm sure I use other platforms. I know there is this um, website called uh, Channel 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a translation, Channel sure. 14. Um, I, I was never a fan of it because it was always about news that I, like pop news I didn't care for. Okay. Um, no, I, yeah, when I was in Vietnam, I... I will say I, I never really focused on using much of any internet platform to to strengthen my knowledge. Um, mostly, I think I, I try to use internet as much as I could to study English and mm. um, prepare myself to go to America. Sure, sure, um, sure. Yeah, I would say. Okay. And watch a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. What sites, do you remember what sites you use to watch movies? I don't know what any any free website. <laughs> uh, and also, we had like cable in our in our house, so yeah. I was able to watch a lot of uh, American movies. Yeah, I think that's a good way to learn like, just to watch movies. Nice. In that 
much. Okay. And since you've been in the U.S., do you find yourself, do you spend a lot of time online looking at different websites or reading or watching videos or anything? There is this website I love called Brain Picking. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. I follow them on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. I love Ombeing. Uh, mm-hmm. It's another uh, platform of like, yes. pieces of um, really good readings mm-hmm. to dive into. Um, and I also, so like I would say Brain Picking is my primary um, site to go to. And I follow a lot of other websites, um, but they're on my Facebook. Actually, I curated my Facebook news feed mm-hmm. to primarily show me uh, just updates on this academics or fun the appropriate sort of yeah platforms. Sure, sure. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Places like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't sound like you're that kind of person that goes online and loses two or three hours. You sound very focused on how you use the resources there. And I'm jealous if that's true. I'm very jealous. <laughs> you can uh I also you know spend my online time shopping. Look at okay. thing. Yeah. But yeah, I overall I try to um, to focus spending my time on on making art or cooking or mm-hmm. hanging out with friends. Yeah. yeah. As much as I can. Overall, it's, it's a balance to do everything. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like if we're, if we're kind of going to merge your online life and your, your living overseas life, it sounds like your online life got bigger when you went overseas to kind of connect, like stay in, in contact with that world. Is that? Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that helps me in terms of, of just knowing that I have connections um, mm-hmm. in places in countries, but in terms of like the closeness of friendship, mm-hmm. um, the only way for me to get that is actually to get to know people in real life. And I, I've got, um, you know, a few friends like that from Vietnam, also from America mm-hmm. that I'm close with, and for that I'm very, very grateful for. Um, and it's always joyful and and good for me to to know what people from far away are, are up to, mm-hmm. what people are doing. Um, yeah, I Facebook is useful in terms of that. But mm-hmm. I, 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 do you do you find yourself when you meet someone, whether it be for professional purposes or social purposes, do you find meeting that person in real life? Do you mm-hmm. find that you kind of connect online too, like you kind of combine the two worlds or do you mostly just keep them offline and well for most of my time in u.s i was mm-hmm. in school and so it was a very easy situation to to be friends in real life and friends online at the same mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. because you see the person all the time um but outside of school um yes in new york specifically i have connected with people that i met for the first time mm-hmm. I mean, not Facebook. I met with the person in real life, and then I also connected with them via Facebook. Sure. Um, I haven't seen much of anything coming out of that at all. Um, I don't think that's that's going to break anything. You don't do it. Um, sure. I think it's it's always real life connection is the most important. Um, 
Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it did. Yeah, very much so. So, okay. So your online presence, the, the, your professional online presence is clearly focused on art connections and employ, future employment and that kind of thing. What is your dream job at this point after you've, you're still in, in school right now, right? No, I just, I graduated. You just graduated. Okay. So what is your dream job? Like what, what, what kind of organization or person do you want to see your work and go, that's it. She's the one for us kind of thing. I actually want my own thing. I want to create my own thing. Um, yeah. For myself. That's like my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got this idea from being graduate school. Actually. Yeah. It's, it's a big dream and something that I cannot like, achieve immediately as sure. what, that's what dreams mean, you know, it's a dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you take steps toward it. And so that, you know, having my own business, it's, it's my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy teaching. Um, I think that's like a natural thing for artists. You mm-hmm. know, we share how we, how we do the things we love with others to spread the joy, but also just to like see magic happens and how to react to magic, AKA the art making process. Um, yeah. Ideas and creativity transform into, into an object. That's always fun to watch. So I, I enjoy teaching all the time. Yeah. And I mean, I, I always, I, I also love designing and, and taking part of, of um, creative projects. So I have friends here and there with, with their works at their projects when I can. Mm-hmm. I also keep my, keep my window open to, to opportunities. Um, I think with every creative endeavors, opportunities, adventures comes experience that will help feed into my, my future goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I try to keep my window open so that I can, I can keep growing and learning and discovering things that I actually will realize that I will need in the future. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of being strict, like this is the only thing. Sure. This is the only thing. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. All of my goals are kind of like written in pencil because uh, <laughs> you never know what's going to come. No, I'm dead serious. I, I'm only writing in pen right now because I find if I write in pencil when I'm doing an interview that it comes up in the sound and I don't know how to remove that. So that, this is the only time I use a pen. <laughs> I literally write everything I do in pencil because everything's so fluid. And so like you could think, oh, I want to work towards this, but then something else comes along that might even be better. And it's like, well, no, that's not my goal. I'm not going to do it. It's ridiculous. You know, it's like, no, that's good. I'm going to go do that. So yeah, no, I think it's very, very, very smart. When you say you want to have your own business, do you mean like creating art and selling it to people or something bigger than that? I guess basically like business, it's a model to to sell to people products that they buy into for hmm. uh, for a self version of, of themselves that they want. Um, uh, mm-hmm. What that, that that they want or seek in their life um, mm-hmm. that you provide that to them, and so. So for my dream, um, it's, it has to do with fine art and culinary together. Mm-hmm. I love cooking. Um, and of course, you know, with cooking, like you can always sell people's food. Mm-hmm. But then for my art 
something, I, I create inspiration, I create experience for people. And so for my, for my dream, um, if I could merge the two together, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, like that requires a lot of investment on, on you know, renting a place and materials and getting to know the right people, having money to pay people, whatever. It's just so many things. So, so yeah. 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 Not happening yet. <laughs> but it's a dream. Do you cook a lot? I do. It's one of those things where if I if I don't I'll just do that. <laughs> I also sketch and draw, but I love cooking. Are you enjoying this conversation about our virtualness and our geographicness colliding? Me too. Hey, I would love to interview you. Do you live in a country that is not your home country? Let's talk about your experience. Let's do it. Contact me at Steph Fuccio, S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on any of my social media platforms. I am Steph Fuccio on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. So contact me. Let's line this up. I would love to get your opinion into these questions out into the world. Let's do it. I, I feel the need to talk about Vietnamese food for a second. So you lived in South Dakota and Ohio, and you're now in New York. Did you find any Vietnamese, good Vietnamese food in uh, South Dakota or Ohio? In uh, not Ohio. Uh, not okay. in, I lived in Athens, Ohio, very small town. Mm. Uh, but in South in in Sioux Falls, I lived in like a like a bigger city in South Dakota. Okay. Yeah. 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 That that was very nice uh, to to be able to find a Vietnamese restaurant. Yeah, in South Dakota, yes. In Ohio, no. New York, yes. Way too many. Yeah. <laughs> I cook a lot and I, I love feeding people with good food. And so <laughs> when there's no restaurant, like my kitchen is a restaurant and I yeah. and this food and I have friends over. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Yeah, Shanghai has so many different kinds of food. I mean, it's a giant city. But it's Vietnamese food is sadly underrepresented here. Vietnamese food and Indian food is really, really underrepresented. And every time I go to a new restaurant, a new Vietnamese restaurant that opens up, I just kind of go, no, (laughs) it's just not. I don't think anything's ever going to be as good as being in Hanoi, but it's just bad. Like there were some okay places in San Francisco. There were some. Sure. I think there was one in Kuala Lumpur. In Hong Kong, there was there was some good Vietnamese food, but for some reason, Shanghai just it's like the black hole of good Vietnamese food. It's so sad. So close. Oh, so close. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So okay. So we have kind of touched on the negative parts of a reckless online presence, but what would you say, like? When you moved from Vietnam to U.S., again, I know this is years and years ago, what what do you think, was there a positive influence that having access to the internet had on that shift in geography and culture and all that kind of stuff? Um, I got a lot of emotional support from my friends. Mm -hmm. When I first moved here, I really missed home. Mm -hmm. I felt really lonely. Mm -hmm. And I longed for that comfort of being in Hanoi with people that I am close with. And so I posted pictures, a lot of pictures and mm-hmm. status where I was 
doing online and my friends from home would comment on them, uh, show me support, show me love. And that was so helpful mm-hmm. to, uh, to help me to prepare, to prepare myself to, to stay long term in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I'm very forever grateful for, for how much they were, they were there for me. Mm-hmm. When I didn't think about it. Um, yeah, yeah. How long do you think? I mean, I know you, if you you make a conscious effort to stay in contact with people, but it sounds like there was more contact with them during that challenging period. When do you think that dropped off and you didn't need that support so much? That's a great question. Um, Thank you. Uh, I wish I knew about these things from other people's perspective like I mm-hmm. wish I knew about other people's um, stories with with Facebook mm-hmm. like in 2010 2009 2011 um, because I do think that the 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 use of Facebook like like the trend of, of Facebook use has also shifted tremendously ever since 2009 to now 2018 sure. <laughs> um, so I don't know if my experience is universal, but I think it, the, my interaction or even with friends and with Facebook in general dropped around my, um, I would say my, my senior year of college, which mm-hmm. was 2014. Mm-hmm. And they kind of gradually led to that point. I think yeah. it's like when people start working, um, um, having jobs or moving, everybody just moved overseas. Then everybody's like so busy with their own things. And they no longer like we no longer just children. We yeah. actually we're studying. Yes, we're students, but we have like just serious things to do, which is like paying rent, affording to live in a big city, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Somehow we cannot afford just being sort of funny and and you know like naive and playful on social media with each other as much anymore yeah. and, and it becomes much of less of priorities in every way um, in our lives so I would say that's that's one component um, um, what else there is this niche of of for, for my experience alone, um, for me living overseas mm-hmm. and growing to become a person of who I am um, with my life in America, mm-hmm. sometimes I, I, I just feel like I need to distance myself from like, the past sometimes mm-hmm. just to help myself focus on the present mm-hmm. and the, the presence of social media interaction with my with like past connections in Hanoi who actually, for example, are now living somewhere else. They don't even live in Hanoi anymore. My friends like live in so many other countries in the world. Yeah. And somehow like presence of, of social media now is kind of represent some sort of, of the past um, yeah. history. Uh, it, it kind of becomes melancholy. I know, yeah. I, I kind of talk a little autistic. You know, no, <laughs> you, you've got my brain going. That's why I'm making faces. I'm like, oh my God, you're bringing up so many different thoughts in my mind. Like I was, okay, one thought is I was talking to someone 
the other day and we were talking about, it's so geeky, but verb tenses in different language or just time, time in different languages, how some uh, languages have like, you know, English has the verb inflections. I am, I was, that kind of thing. And and I think, I know I'm studying Mandarin Chinese and there isn't so much of a verb inflection, but there's other ways to talk about time. And and I, all, all of a sudden, as I was talking about the linguistic part of it, it dawned on me that I feel like the past has a certain heaviness to it. Not necessarily negative, but there's a certain there's a certain weight that comes with the past for me. And I feel like that needs to be highlighted in language somehow. And it, with just the word yesterday, it doesn't seem heavy enough <laughs> for all of the things that come with that heaviness. And why this connects to what you just said is because sometimes when I'm walking around, like now I've lived in Shanghai a while. We lived here eight years ago. We came back. It's almost two years. I'm familiar with the city enough where it feels like my daily life is here. I, I don't think we'll be here long term, but it feels like I live here. I'm not just like visiting or, oh, this is a new street. You know, it's it, I live here. But sometimes when I'm walking down the street, I'll think of some place back in the U.S. And I'll kind of see that place for a second. And I'll go, wait, wait, wait I'm back in China. Or I'll see some place in, in Hanoi because I was there for almost three years. Or I'll see some place in Japan that I lived in. Like I'll, different places will kind of come into and bring kind of the heaviness of the past into my present just randomly. Does that ever happen to you? <laughs> happens in really? Like, what do you do when it happens? Honestly, it happens in songs, in cooking. Mm. Just like when I mix different materials together and that's it. Ten years ago, just popped into my head in my yeah. kitchen as yeah. I mix this material. Or even, yeah, it, I I remember things to make work. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, I, I memory is, is my my artistic practice. So you can say that I'm a psychopath yeah. <laughs> um, to some degree, but yeah, I, 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 I really treasure, I really treasure my, um, my memories of my past. Um, yeah. um, and I need, to, I also know to myself, well, that I, I know that I need to, to balance that with keeping up to date with the, the contemporary life, yeah. technology, whatnot. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, memories and time is, is definitely my, my interest in my artistic yeah. practice. Um, yeah, I curate um, things around me, things in my room, things in my life that can best, um, I guess, cultivate my curiosity with, with art making. Um, yeah. If there was an art scene like you wanted in Hanoi and you had yeah. stayed there, do you think these these themes, these images would have come to you? Or do you think it's the act of leaving and kind of reflecting that brought it out of you? I would say some other things, but mm. probably in a similar direction. Mm. Because I always struggle with understanding the, the domestic dynamic um, in my family, mm -hmm. like the gender role that entails our actions and behaviors in mm -hmm. interaction with each other. That's I think that's my biggest struggle in terms of of like where I'm from. Um, I think mm -hmm. that has a lot to do with the histories and and 
religion and um, politics and everything in cultures, mm-hmm. so everything from each other that that create the dynamics in my household the way it yeah. has been. It becomes my artistic um, uh, interest. In terms of my decision um, of making art, being an artist, or how my art changed, uh, comparing from here to Vietnam, I never able. I was never able to see myself as an artist in mm-hmm. Vietnam because of the educational system, as you probably know a little bit about. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't even have art program in high school. Right. Like that art music was banned from high school to public high school. It was one of the major turnoff for me. Right. Um, the other one is again like just like super tradition, not tradition, like old and uh, no longer working for them to, to educate children mm-hmm. and channel their curiosity and their talents and their gifts and anything. Right. Um, so I wanted to just go on and like talking <laughs> about myself. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, if I was to stay in Vietnam, I would I would never become an artist. Right. Given right. my the education system the way it is and family dynamic the way it mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of selfishly, part of the goal with this this particular podcast is I'm trying to tease out what is the effect, if any, of our online lives with our living overseas lives? Do they affect each other? Do you feel like your online life and your life as someone not from the U.S. living in the U.S., do you feel like those are two different entities or do you feel like there's a place that they connect? Um, the place where those two connect mm-hmm. is how often I post, mm-hmm. the quality of information that I share, mm-hmm. and how I come across online. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's also my more mentality, my mental space of like who I care to give mm-hmm. to, to read my, my information mm-hmm. um, and um, sort of limit out the rest. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds kind of cold, but um, yeah, it's a lot to deal with being in between two places. Yeah, um, it is. Places, it's a lot. Um, yeah, to, it is. Yeah, sometimes I would post things in if if I if my intent was to show my friends that I care that okay, this post is only for you. Well, I have like six hundred friends. Most of them are American, and mm-hmm. I only care to hear from you. I only care for you to read my post. Right, and that. And that's for me. That's for me to to be clear to myself that um, I want to ex- express some sort of care and, and attention toward this group of people, even though they probably are not going to help me any anymore in my future, whether in job or money or whatever. They don't, like they they don't. But I care about them because they are my people, and yeah. that is for me for my well being. I try to limit um, the the search for attention and uh, for like approval and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
on my in my online presence as much as possible. And I usually I kind of I'm very careful with that because like again my my mental well-being is like the most important thing for me in terms of mm-hmm. social media. And um, I I would actually <laughs> it's kind of a funny trick is that my my audience on Facebook would be like only me, yeah. so I would my post and click like update like post mm-hmm. and my audience is only me yeah and then I wonder, like was that for me to to seek attention and approval or yeah. was that purely to share information or to sort of inspire us interest or creativity or dialogues mm-hmm. if it's for the second purpose and I will change it to friends only like the audience friends only or the public if it's like an event that that i'm trying to advertise um if it's like for myself and for my insecurity then i would delete it how did you get to this really really aware state of your onlineness like was there someone that you saw being very careful and you kind of went okay i want to start doing that or did it was it just trial by error where you just made some mistakes and then pulled back yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I yeah, I think I during my college years, I I let um, I guess the use of social media dictate so much of my my satisfaction and mm-hmm. my, like, a, like a better word, um, happiness. I think when I was younger, for like every information I put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I became insecure about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I was waiting to hear something back, whether it's like via like private message or yeah. the public platform, the Facebook, the wall, yeah. the news feed. And so I realized a pattern of, of my emotional breakdown from that mm-hmm. activity. And so yeah. then I, yeah, I've come to a conclusion over time that, okay, mm-hmm. It's happening again. I'm I'm waiting to hear from people. If people mm-hmm. don't respond to my message or mm-hmm. don't uh, comment on my post, I feel like I I was wrong. I wasn't helpful, or I was not good enough, yeah. or I felt guilty for something that I don't even know what yet. I feel like it's my fault. Yeah. Even though it wasn't any much of anything big deal or it actually wasn't even in a picture of, of anybody's state of mind um, right. it was just my own personal insecurity and just confusion and um more like so like you know i was just way too genuine with or too too caring about things that don't matter yeah and so i, I just so much yeah. i can relate so much to what you're saying like so like mirror image of yeah that experience yeah that's amazing so, so yes so i gradually realize that pattern and, and mm-hmm. how social media fed into that. And so I think the tactic of uh, only me or friends only or for the public to see mm-hmm. uh, came into the picture to, to help me take care of myself. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a really, really important thing. I wonder if it's possible to be to have an online presence without going through that period of doing it. I don't know. Like, how do we find out what's comfortable for us without kind of going too far and then coming back? And can we skip that step at all? Or do we have to go through that? I don't know. 
No, I'm curious too because a lot of people seem like they have no hard time at all dealing with social media. Oh no, no. If if, if they say that out loud, they're lying. I've <laughs> no, I, I've heard a lot of people not online so much, but I've heard a lot of people talk about this offline. Usually, years after they've made the mistakes that changed their behavior, but but yeah, I've heard a lot of people talking about this. Uh, this kind of, you know, figuring out where and what you want to do online by making mistakes. It seems to be the only way to do it right now. So, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they don't. Maybe they don't post enough to make mistakes or maybe they don't use social media at all. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. We have a few different ways that you can feedback. So if you go to stephfuccio.weebly.com forward slash contact, let me do that a little slower. S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O dot W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com forward slash contact. You'll see all kinds of ways you can contact me and let me know what you think of this podcast. I have email, WeChat if you're in China, Twitter, LinkedIn, and my new favorite thing is SpeakPipe. Over on the right-hand side of that page, you'll be able to leave a sound recording, basically a voice message. You just hit the start recording button that's in bright orange. I can also respond in a voice message there as well. It's a really, really cool feature. I can't believe they have this available for free, but until they get smarter about that, I'm going to take advantage of it because it is such a cool feature. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of your input. For future interviews on this topic, the intersection between living in a different place and our online existence and how they affect each other, what question do you think I should ask people in the future? Oh, that's a great, great question. Also, the first questions that I want to know from people is that what do you use social media for? How many, I mean, you can't ask me the questions already. I just, you know, ch- try to challenge people to be honest to themselves first and also share that with you. Hopefully, you know, like honest reasons of why they use social media in, in one way. Just hearing everybody's honest experience and struggles mm-hmm. and emotional um, levels mm-hmm. with social media. So just good to know. Mm-hmm. And just to see different people's approach to, to solve that, that matrix would be nice and comforting for the audience to hear and also to reflect back on their own experience. I think the questions um, when you brought up about educating younger audience, like mm. younger kids, on mm. how to properly use social media as like a like like a requirement in, like in the school mm-hmm. setting or something. That yeah. is a very good topic. I think to you know just to urge for discussion between people. It's like a life skill kind of kind of thing. It seems like too. Because social media is is a public platform, and how do you how you present yourself um, mm-hmm. in that platform? It's I think it's the skill to. It really is. I have never, I've never, I've never taught her to do it right. So I'm still a bit nervous about it. Yeah, actually, how it to begin with. I think it's part of the messiness of the internet right now. Like we have so much, just in general, we have so much online, but it's not really organized in a way that's good. And I think our social media presence is part of that messiness, as we're just kind of doing lots of things, but we're not really fully 
kind of organizing or strategizing what we're doing. And it's part of the beauty of the opportunities of the internet. But I think at some point we have to pause and reevaluate things. Oh, it sounds so serious. Ah, I really am a, a, a big fan of technology and the internet and everything it can do for us. But there, there is a downside too. Right, right. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, we can, if we can very cheesily end on a positive note of uh, something, I don't know, do you have any surprising stories or any good things that happened because of the opportunities on the internet or your social media connections or, I don't know, a positive story of your onlineness? My all-time favorite is receiving emails from old friends and old professors. Mm-hmm. Um, share with me about it. You know, they week or their day, ask me how I'm, how I'm doing, as if we literally are talking to each other in person, but we are yeah. talking about letters. Like, that's my all-time favorite. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. that shows that we're real friends. Mm-hmm. We're real friends. We're going to be friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. It shows a lot of care, too. Because these days, you know, people show care by liking somebody's pictures or post and mm-hmm. just receiving emails of like a paragraph or two that's like it just makes my day mm-hmm. um, I love it um, um, I actually I I found my current apartment mm-hmm. the I was going to connect with people to find mm-hmm. this place and rent this place which I love so that's a very positive um, thing on, on social media yeah. I will, you know just like in your city, um, a lot of people, you know, do the same thing where they where they put, you know, their stuffs out there on social media to now or, you know, sure. and stuff like that. And and kind of just go into to strangers' houses to buy mm-hmm. furniture or to get. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh the other day, I went and got a free shelf from, from this twin sister in Astoria. And I... <laughs> So like just have conversations with them like so why why are you guys moving and it's like oh we're moving to california we got this cool video production uh opportunity for buzzfeed uh both of us and we are twins that's amazing yeah and, you know just connect for a little bit and mm-hmm. i think that that when social media can like interaction it's into mm-hmm. like a real life mm-hmm. interaction that's my favorite thing yeah um, yeah, that's amazing. Like you just said that social media helped you find an apartment in New York City. That's amazing. <laughs> I I was born in New York City, but I haven't lived there for a very, very long time. But there's a joke in a lot of American media, I'm sure you've heard it, where there's 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 constant jokes about how hard it is to find a an apartment, an affordable affor- apartment in New York City. In fact, in an old, old movie now, oh, what is it called? When Harry Met Sally, one of the main characters said that he feels like the obituary section and the apartment rental section should be combined to say, you know, this person unfortunately died today, but they left behind a beautiful two-bedroom in the Upper West Side, that kind of thing. <laughs> so the fact that social media has made that easier is, wow, that's a huge change. Yeah. Um, and and, and these pages care specifically to work in the arts. So mm-hmm. that's together and like trying to help each other out but however the page also taken um by um like renter uh, um realtors um, a lot of times but mm-hmm. it's 
a different story. But yeah. yeah, actually, because I'm living right now, actually, my roommate, it's an alumni from my graduate school mm-hmm. who I didn't even know. I just came in and news. And he's like, so you live in Athens? That's where I went to school. I'm like, there's only one school in Athens. Yeah. And so we were like, that's amazing. Wow. We went to the same school. And it was yeah. in Ohio. It was even in New York City. And so, so yeah, there's there's a lot of support groups out there. For um, sure. For yeah. sure. If you have in, like intention clear of why mm-hmm. you're doing what you do on social media. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Definitely. Those are positive. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of positive. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Well, I'm, oh my god, I'm I'm I have so much to think about after after this chat. You not only curate your art, my dear, you curate your your online life in a way that's really positive and really careful to the point where it is a tool and it doesn't you work the internet, it doesn't work you, <laughs> and that's a really positive thing and I think it's it's really really cool that you've that you've gotten to that place really cool thank you it's it's still very much a learning, a learning oh sure yes yeah. it's, it's in progress and I feel yeah. all I need to be more out there I need to be more connecting with people mm-hmm. and so you know I'm also an introvert um, and that explains a lot about mm-hmm. my Mm-hmm. Curatorial practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a constant work in progress. But mm-hmm. um, in terms of my emotional well being, um, mm-hmm. I'm I think I'm in a much more stable place than I used to be when I was much younger. Mm-hmm. Because of, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, and that's awesome. Thank you so much for doing this today. Oh my gosh, I think my listeners are going to go crazy listening to this like in a good way I think they're really going to enjoy your perspective on all of this that's amazing I was really glad to hear from you it was it was kismet you were like hey I've just moved to New York City and I was like oh oh and we've got to talk <laughs> like, like we've so got to talk so you're from New York City yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born in Brooklyn, and then my family moved to Long Island when I was three, and then we moved to Pennsylvania when I was eight. So my formative years were in New York, but I have not visited since I was... No, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say I haven't been to New York in, in, in 25 years. It's been a long time. Yeah. And but I have to I have to visit at some point because my husband has never been to New York City and he's an American who's never been to New York City. And it's my first city. Every city I go to, even now, I compare to New York City, even though I'm sure that New York City in my head is not the New York City that exists. I still it's my it's my first city. So I compare everything to it. So thank you so much. Seriously. I'm so happy to reconnect to you today. I hope to see you at some point somewhere IRL. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Virtual Expat. And special thank you again to Damon Castillo for the music and to our special guest this time. If you'd like to be interviewed for this podcast, just send me an email or contact me on social media. In the show notes, you can find all my information or you can just jot it down right now. Are you ready? You ready? Here we go. Steph Fuccio, S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O, Gmail, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr.
There you go. Contact me. Oh, also LinkedIn too. You know what? I keep forgetting about that one. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to your questions, comments, feedback, any information, and volunteering to be on the podcast as well. Thank you so much and have a wonderful, wonderful day on or offline.